traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to bring in a, a special guest at this point. Um, uh, Ken Falk is a retired U.S. Navy EOD person, explosive ordnance disposable. Uh, they, they went out and or demolition. Uh, they went out and found bombs and mines. <laughs> He's, that's dangerous work. He is now the CEO and chairman of the Boulder Crest Foundation. What they do is they try to help out people with uh, traumatic brain injury. You know, the government can only do so much, and they have a big uh, therapy retreat all set up. Uh, the Boulder Crest Foundation, you can go to bouldercrest.org. Hey, Ken, uh, how are you? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I'm good, Greg. How are you today? All right. Welcome to the show. Hey, what'd you do in the Navy? I was a bomb disposal guy, like you mentioned. Um, yeah, I spent 21 years in the in the Navy and and went in as an E1, the lowest rank, and came out as an E9, the highest uh, highest enlisted rank. So, uh, had a great career. Wow. So the bomb squad. Um, and you put on those heavy suits sometimes, and uh, or did, it, did basically the robots do it all at this point? Well, I think it's getting much more robotic, but it's, it's definitely not all there. And I don't think it, uh, truthfully, I don't think it'll ever be, but the robots have definitely been big. And, you know, when I was in, um, the bomb suits were just really starting to make it in. I had, back in the early 90s, I'd gone through the British um, IED school, the improvised explosive device, their pre-Northern Ireland course, and you had to wear the bomb suit then. But, you know, in the U.S. military, you know, just there was never a really big threat of terrorist bombs. And, and we never wore the bomb suit. We wore a flak jacket and a helmet, and that was it. When you get up to a bomb and you're trying to defuse it, are all bombs pretty much wired the same way? I would imagine those bomb makers, um, they're, you know, they're individuals, and they make them in different ways. And they certainly don't want to help you, the bomb defusal guy. So it's not like the green wire is always the wire you cut. I mean, it's always different. <laughs> is it always different? Always different. It's always different. You know, the, when you think of military ordinance, you, you know, you think of all the different types of ordinance that are out there, and every single one of them has a different way of what we call rendering safe or render safe procedures. And then the terrorist stuff, it's just, I mean, some of it's made with, you know, pieces and parts of stuff that they find, and others are much more sophisticated, including cell phone circuits and you know, printed circuit boards and those types of things. So uh, you see everything from very crude devices to very sophisticated things. But the, the biggest challenge with the terrorist stuff is finding it. Well, uh, disarming of it's normally, you know, not that complicated. It's, it's really finding the things, and that's, they're very good at hiding them. Well, once these bombs go off and they do go off, uh, they can do a number on your brain. I mean, obviously they can kill you outright, but uh, a concussion, traumatic brain injury, uh, mild brain injury, so many of our men and women in uniform have suffered from TBI, and uh, they only can do so much, the government, and that's where you guys come in. Uh, what's it all about? Yeah, so we, you know, our specialty, we have partners in the, in the, in the, that are serious neurologists in the traumatic brain injury side, but we focus primarily on, on the post-traumatic stress. And, uh, 
and you know going to war you know leaves a mark on on people and it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're broken um but the the work we do is really to to help men and women you know recover from the trauma that they've witnessed in in, in war and and you know i always tell people that you know war is 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 the worst of humanity uh what you see when you're there and your friends getting killed and having to kill others and all the things that happen during wars are are the worst thing that humanity has to offer and uh and people come home and those scars sometimes don't go away easy sometimes they never go away and and what we do we've we've partnered with a psychologist out of the University of North Carolina uh, by the name of Tedeschi and Tedeschi in, in the early 90s had, had coined this term post traumatic growth and we were really intrigued by that and we thought well you know we've got to be able to do something with this and and we've seen you know historically you've seen these stories of remarkable trauma where people have just you know, come through it in a remarkable way. Prisoners of war from Vietnam are one that that story always sticks to me. Holocaust survivors, um, you know, survivors of, of, of earthquakes and hurricanes and all the things that happen. And, 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 and people do become better versions of themselves after trauma. And that's really what we try to teach, that if you do a few things right, um, you know, stay off of the booze, stay off of the drugs, and do a few things right during these traumatic times. Once the grieving process is over, that you can really go on to do some remarkable things in your life. And the brain actually heals. The brain can heal. I've been hearing this about Fetterman, and I heard it, uh, quite frankly, in my own situation. I, I once had a mild uh, brain injury. I had a pretty bad concussion. And I thought I was totally fine. The doctor was like, uh, you're not totally fine. And I'm like, yes, I am. And uh, they gave me this test and that test and the other test, and apparently I wasn't so fine. And he said, don't worry about it. Your brain can heal itself. And I'm like, really? And, yes, it's just like, you know, you get a you get a bruise on your leg. It goes away. Same for the brain. Same for the noggin, which is kind of incredible. It is. It's an incredible organ. It's, a, it's the least understood organ in our body. Even the top neurologists and neuroscientists just don't fully understand it. And it's every day there's something new that's being being learned uh, about it. I'm a former hockey player. I've had many concussions. I've been uh, blown up more times than I, I care to count. I've been around too close to explosions too many times. And, you know, all of that stuff leaves a mark. But it's it's a matter of sometimes it's a matter of just waking up in the morning and, and, and looking at life a little bit different than, than when we went to, went to sleep the night before. Well, it sounds like you're doing some really interesting work. Uh, the, let's see here. I want to make sure we get this right. Uh, the Boulder crest foundation, bouldercrest.org. And, uh, Let's say we sign up for that. I, you know, and um, obviously all these nonprofits, you need you need money to render assistance and to keep the programs up and running. Uh, where does the money go? Oh, that's a great question. You know, all of our programs are free of charge to our participants. So we spend the majority of our money, almost ninety percent of our money, uh, on on the people that come. You know. The, uh, running a nonprofit is no different than running a business. You know, you need some money for administrative costs and things, but we do our best to keep those costs down uh, and, and, and do a great job at it as well. But 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 everything that the participants get when they come to one of our facilities is is completely free of charge to them, so they have no out-of-pocket costs. And that's that's what you know that's what good nonprofits do. And just a little bit on okay, I show up at a Boulder Crest uh, uh, facility. 
And uh, immediately you throw me out because my brain is fine. <laughs> it, it, or, uh, but what if I really needed some work? I mean, just give me an idea, the day in the life, uh, what happens next? Well, I, I think, you know, first of all, you know, you, you chuckled a little bit when you said that your brain's fine. All of us have struggles, right? I mean, all of us have some struggles in life. And that's really what we're trying to do at Boulder Crest is, is teach people that struggle is normal. Because if you enter the mental health, traditional mental health system, there's a chance you never come out of that. You know, once you're diagnosed with something, uh, the chance of getting away from that diagnosis, getting off the medication, it's challenging. And that's what we're trying to do is normalize struggle. When people understand that, they can fight their way through it in a much better way. But we have multiple programs at Boulder Crest. Our flagship program, and I call it that because it's one we've spent the most money on scientifically studying, is called Warrior Path. And that's a 90-day program that starts with a seven-day residential uh, setting at one of our facilities. And that's open to combat veterans and first responders. And uh, and today's National First Responder Day. And, and you know, huh. these men in blue and women in blue, I mean, it's, you know, the, the, the streets are tough. And um, and they need as much help as, as our military does. And we're just honored to be able to help them as well. And, and that's really what we do. We get seven days residential and then 90 days afterwards, they, they leave in a cohort, you know, the, the eight of the men or women that come through the program together. They enter into one of our apps. We have an app called MyPath. And, and on that journey where they're learning every day for the next 90 days and longer, yeah. many of them stick with yeah. us for forever. I love it. Um, it's, it's awesome. All right. Really hey, I got to go. Uh, we're at a, almost out of time. But let me ask you this before you go. Ken, uh, yeah. is there a, uh, a biblical aspect to any of your training? And if there isn't, I'd recommend it. I hope there are a few Bibles around these facilities because I got to tell you, I've been a little bit dabbled with the mental health. And, uh, you know, um, the Bible just uh, did so much for me, does so much for me. And I think... Uh, I think anybody can benefit. It's obviously you don't push it on anybody, but uh, just just something to think about. No, it's you know it's our we have four areas of wellness at Boulder Crest: mind, body, spirituality, and and financial wellness. Um, all of which are equally critical. And uh, and there are Bibles laying around the place, and uh, and we get you know Muslims, Jews, Christians, atheists. We get them all, as you can imagine, with with your military background, and 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 all of them in one way or another, really, really come out of this program looking for something deeper excellent 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 all right so ken falk we appreciate it uh from the boulder crest foundation just go to bouldercrest.org uh if you want to make a contribution or learn a little bit more uh bouldercrest.org and uh, let me just make sure i got that right yes i did hey ken thanks a lot (laughs) all right man thanks a lot have a good weekend all right you too you too oh We'll be back in a little bit. That thing about Pelosi is still not confirmed, but I'm getting closer. Give me a moment.